This is the EdTech Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. sitting there with a pen and paper. Virtual reality is an interesting medium where students can access a wide range of content. Hello and welcome everyone to the Future of E-Learning podcast. My name is J.W. Marshall. I am the online learning consultant here at MarketScale. And thanks for joining us today. We've got a great guest, Sabrina Tellez, and uh, she has got experience uh, in e-learning uh, for many years. And she's going to uh, talk to us today about some of those experiences, some challenges she's faced, some uh, of the evolution and kind of what's coming for 2020. And um, so, Sabrina, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And Sabrina and I go way back, so we're excited to reconnect <laughs> on the podcast here today. And um, let's just start out by having you share a little bit about uh, your background in e-learning. Absolutely. Thank you. So I have been lucky enough to be in the learning field for over 15 years now, and I quickly got introduced to online learning, to e-learning very early on in my career. I have been able to see it through uh, multiple industries, so supporting educational software, insurance, uh, retail and um, uh, most recently nonprofit. So I've, I've got to experience training from from various industries and see how it's alike and how it's different and and just kind of experience it all but but the i guess the common thread was always online learning and e-learning which has been great for me to see um, how it's evolved and and be a part of that change in in the various organizations that i've supported awesome and we were talking before the show that you'd actually worked with academy sports for quite a while and uh kind of started uh, and they were at one place with their online learning and uh, there was a really uh, nice evolution over I think the four or five years that you were there um, and I thought, I thought the audience might uh, benefit from hearing a little bit about that experience. Yes. So I was with Academy Sports and Outdoors for about five years. When I first got there, it was a sea of identical looking PowerPoint presentations. And um, it was so much so that I, I really would not even be sure what I was reviewing and if I had already reviewed it before because everything looked exactly the same. So I knew there had to be a better way with um, over 20,000 employees and them being dispersed across the Southeast. We relied heavily on online learning. That is the best way to reach them quickly. It was super cost effective. But there was just a more effective way to do it than plopping in a bunch of PowerPoints on a learning management system and calling it a day. So uh, my team was responsible for creating all of the online learning for the entire organization. We supported the sales um, actual stores. We supported our corporate environment. We also supported the distribution center. So a lot of different audiences that we were building for. And uh, through some exploration and some research and lots of professional development, we found that there were much better ways to provide that learning. And um, one of the things that we really got into and got really excited about probably between 2014 and 2015 was micro learning. So that really spoke to us especially with our sales force being what it was. They needed to be out on the floor as much as possible. 
We didn't want to pull them away from that um, too much, of course, but they still needed to have the latest and greatest information and training. So we started to build our learning in bite-sized, manageable chunks, which really spoke to our audience and, and spoke to the environment that we were creating for, made it easier to digest, easier to access. And we found a lot of success with that, even with some of our required compliance, like training, like information security awareness and things like that. We just found it so much easier to strive for. Our goal was always a five-minute little mini training, and um, sometimes we hit it, sometimes we didn't, sometimes there were three minutes, sometimes there were seven minutes, just depending on the topic, but we really tried to keep it very focused and uh, just make it easier for our learners to digest that information. That's great, and that's something that uh, is really tough for a lot of organizations to figure out, especially big pieces of content, uh, onboarding training, things like that. How do they make it more manageable? How do they not have people out for days or weeks sometimes Mm -hmm. getting all the information they need? So uh, what were some of the challenges that you faced in kind of building that um, micro learning environment? Or did you get any pushback? Mm -hmm. Or, um, you know, tell us a little bit more about that. Great question. So yes, I, I felt like there was always pushback. That's a it's a huge swing to go from a 30 minute required training, one 30 minute required training to, um, let's say you know, four five minute long trainings. When people hear four training modules, they're you know they're a little bit nervous about that, and they're thinking that this is going to be a huge time commitment. And then um, when they hear they're only five minutes, then they're concerned. How are you going to get all that information in in such a short amount of time? So it was one of those you have to see it to believe it kind of situations. And so what we started doing is just kind of building behind the scenes. I had amazing instructional designers on my team who really were able to take a lot of content and really focus in on, you know, what are those most important pieces that our um, learners should walk away with and how do we make sure that we're really stressing those pieces and then giving our learners the ability to access any additional information that they might need when they need it. So kind of that point of need training to help um, kind of supplement the micro learning that we were building. So we looked at it more as building a complete package or or creating kind of that learning ecosystem to support our learners. Um, So they're getting what they need. They're walking away with information that they need to know off the top of their head because it's, again, more condensed, more focused, but then they know where to go to access additional information to kind of supplement that learning. That's great. And that's research obviously shows uh, now that, you know, you're going to retain more information that way than just a one-time uh, setting, you know, where you're learning something. If you learn it in small pieces over time, you're going to retain more. So you guys were Absolutely. ahead of your, your time. <laughs> um, what would be, last question on uh, Academy, what would be something I, I in previous conversations, you've kind of said you were really hitting your stride towards uh, the last fourth, fifth year. Uh, what are the things you wish you would have known five years prior to that um, that would have saved you a lot of time and trouble? Um, or kind of what, what were the most ex- successful you know, things that evolved in, in your time there? That's a great question, too. I would say... I wish I had known about retention plans or just had the foresight to build in retention plans. I think... 
we as learning professionals get so caught up in that initial point of training, kind of that one and done mentality. And, and we feel like we're successful by having created this, you know, training module or these little micro learning training modules to support that initial need. And then we kind of move on with the next project. And so I wish I had been more thoughtful in the true kind of learning experience and, and, and in better understanding our learners and how we learn and, and retain information because that reinforcement is so key. It, uh, it's, you just lose so much of it. You, you think you know it, you walk away. By the next day, you know, you've slept on it and, and you've kind of forgotten 70% of it, 75% of it, maybe more. And so those retention strategies are, are key to making sure that our learners are actually using the information that we're giving them so we haven't just wasted all of our time and effort creating this amazing initial training um, and then they forget it all. So I wish I had been more thoughtful in um, planning from the onset. So what, when I first started the development to really think about how are we going to reinforce this, what's that retention strategy and building with that in mind from the start. That is great advice. Um, and so kind of transitioning now uh, to your current role, you've mm -hmm. got a whole new set of challenges. But first, <laughs> give us a little bit of background on, you know, what you're doing now and uh, kind of the company and the role uh, that you're currently in. Sure. So I have transitioned to the nonprofit world, which has been quite a transition from retail. I'm working for an organization called Be a Champion, and we offer free meals to disadvantaged students who need it. We also offer low-cost educational services, like after-school services for families that, that need that. Uh, so we are doing some really amazing things. I have come in, this organization has been around for years and years, extremely reputable, but they have never had a formal training professional work for the organization. So they've never had any formalized training in existence. And um, I, I am amazed that they have been as successful as they have without any formalized training, but definitely a pretty large task ahead of me to um, tackle all of the different components that this organization needs training in and, and just build a really solid training infrastructure for the organization. So we have that lifespan and, and can continue to grow and, and expand our reach across Texas. Wow, and that's really not surprising or as surprising as you might think. Um, depending on the research, 60 to 80% of businesses do have some form of online training, um, mm -hmm. but it may be, you know, something smaller. They may not be doing it very well. So uh, right. very few companies are have that academy, you know, experience where <laughs> it's a big focus, a big team to work on it. Um, so you're really probably uh, relating with a lot of our listeners right now going, yeah, maybe it's not a nonprofit, but it's a smaller company. And, you know, I'm all, all on my own here. You know, mm -hmm. give me some help. And so, um, yeah, what are some of those common challenges? I know um, earlier you had mentioned that you have a dispersed uh uh, team across Texas. And so uh, maybe talk with some of those you know, challenges and, you know, plans that you have to overcome those. 
Absolutely. So definitely some some big challenges in terms of our learners themselves. We have um, we have three different regions. We're in Houston, Dallas, and San Antonio, but we also have some remote areas like Corpus Christi down in the valley. Just some outlying areas that are that are tougher for us to access, um, and can sometimes have connectivity issues, which can sometimes make online learning a little bit challenging. And we have part-time staff, so we have about uh, less than 100 what we call administrative staff or full-time staff, and then the rest of our staff members, which can be upwards of 500 to 600 people, are all part-time staff. So we don't have them eight hours a day. We, you know, a lot of them have other jobs that they work or they're in school. So access to these staff members is definitely a huge challenge. Turnover rate, we actually, um, when I first got here, our turnover rate was 100%. So uh, we're, it's like kind of a revolving door for those part-time staff members because it is part-time work and, and not always the most stable. So uh, definitely some pretty big challenges ahead of me in terms of making sure that when these staff do get hired on, one, they're getting a cons- consistent training experience Two, they're being set up for success in their roles. They have role-specific training. They also get introduced to our company culture as well, even if they are down in the valley and and we're here in Houston. So uh, just various challenges that I have ahead of me, in addition to the fact that there's just not anything in place. So it's kind of that, you know, crawl before you walk. Where do we begin? Where will I make the greatest impact in terms of creating some targeted training? And then um, how do I kind of create some some training um, ambassadors, if you will, across the Mm -hmm. organization to help me since I am one person and I'm the entire training department. (laughs) Almost a train the trainer model. Exactly. Exactly. It's time to empower some folks in the organization and just get them set for success to go ahead and and train their staff. That's great. Um, And so what would be, you know, so some advice that you would give to another, you know, learning professional that's in your kind of one man show kind of uh, situation. <laughs> if you can sure. pick just one, I'm sure there's a lot, but uh, just one to start. I would say take your time and observe. That's what I did. Um, I, I started back in June um, and I really just took my time and observed the business, observed the different roles, um, and that really is helping me put together a really solid plan. As much as I would have loved to have started building training immediately and solving all the world's problems, that wouldn't have been the most effective strategy. So for me, I had to slow down and really just get to know the organization so I could put together a really solid training strategy um, for them. That's great advice. Sometimes it's hard to resist and urge to just try to fix one thing, fix another, and the next thing you know, mm-hmm. it's Band-Aids everywhere. So um, easier said than done sometimes, a lot of times, <laughs> but still very, very sound advice. Um, Thank you. Also was curious to get your hot take on uh, what do you I think some of the new trends or increasing trends uh, we're going to see in e-learning specifically uh, here in 2020, and we're kind of kicking off the new decade, so you know, 2020 mm-hmm. and beyond. Um, what are the things that you're you're seeing or you're feeling uh, are going to be either new ways of doing things or you know some things that maybe we've heard about, but they're really going to get big this year? Yeah, so I am super excited about AI. I think the whole concept of um, AI and learning is 
exciting. It's um, kind of scary. <laughs> it's, it's all of the things that make for, for fun, I think, um, especially in learning. I think it just opens the door to really providing our learners a real life experience and letting them kind of do their job without actually doing their job. So the risks aren't as high as they're learning new things. Um, I just, I think the possibilities are endless and I am so excited to see that AI is really kind of gaining steam and, and just really starting to uh, pop up all over when it comes to learning. There's some great conversations happening um, that I love to just hear and be a part of. And I just, I, yeah, I think that the possibilities are endless with that and I can't wait for it to be more accessible to all. I absolutely agree. There's definitely some some excitement, and it's closer than people think, right? It is absolutely. right around the corner. It is happening now um, at a lot of the trade shows and things that's coming. Uh, kind of related to AI, I've been hearing a lot about uh, augmented reality as well. Is that yes. something that you've got a, a take on as well? So I find it so fascinating, and I've, I've seen some things at, at just various conferences, and I so that's like my dream is to get to that level, right? I'm, I'm sitting here in an organization where it's like, I just need basic training in place, just basic role-specific training. But in my in my heart, I'm dreaming of getting to like an augmented reality training state. Um, so yeah, I think things like that are so exciting. And and honestly, it's, it's why I really gained interest or, or really became interested in learning and development in the beginning of my career. And it's because it's constantly changing. There's always a new, better way to do things or a fresh perspective. I love that learning never gets stale. So I, I just think that this is another thing to be excited about in learning. Well, and that's so key as learning professionals to demonstrate that continuous learning ourselves because that's what mm -hmm. we're asking our learners to do typically, right, is to right. be, you know, continuous learners and really foster that culture of learning, uh, which is Absolutely. so important. Um, on the AR side, I did see something recently at a trade show where uh, there was a basically training for firefighters with um, <gasps> AR and VR, and they had yes. you know, the weight of the gear, but they were in a room instead of, you know, a dangerous simulation fire. So it's cheaper, exactly. it's more accessible, Safer. and it's very similar to the real experience, which is really cool. Um, so I know that is kind of really the future and, and where it's going. But for us, you know, we see a lot of times now just adding video into their mix um, beyond mm -hmm. just a PowerPoint with a voiceover um, is really kind of the next step a lot of companies are taking. Is that something you've seen uh, for you guys or you're planning for you guys to add a lot of video into what you're what you're working on? That is so funny you should ask. I actually have a meeting tomorrow uh, planning, I, I'm calling it a day in the life of a site coordinator. Our site coordinators are kind of our the backbone to our organization. They're the ones that are at our schools. They're serving meals to these deserving students. And um, they're coming in and they really have no concept of what their job entails. So I um, am working with our field staff and, and working with schools in the area to film a day in the life of a site coordinator so they can see from the moment they step on campus, what will their job entail? What will they be doing? How will they be spending their time? Who will they be interacting with? And they can see the entire process of meal service and the different ways we serve meals 
and really just better understand what to expect. So when they're hired on, there, there really aren't those surprises that come with just learning your role and doing the day-to-day tasks. That's great. And that could even be used as a recruiting tool for volunteers, right? To see Absolutely. what they're getting into before they sign up. And so uh, I think you're seeing more video and more storytelling through video mm-hmm. versus, again, now uh, voiceover PowerPoint is just a recorded talking head reading PowerPoint right. slides, right? So the mm-hmm. storytelling aspect and really educating you know, your learners while having some level of engagement, we could say entertainment, but engagement mm-hmm. to where they're they're captivated by the story and don't even realize sometimes that they're learning these are the type of things that I'm going to be doing. Um, We found that that's a great way to introduce topics, to get people excited about learning the things they need to do to be that person that they just saw, you know, out there in the field doing it. Um, So, uh, yeah, that's great that you guys are are focused on that. And that's much more attainable right now for most companies um, that didn't think that even having kind of high quality video and storytelling would be Mm -hmm. something they'd be doing a few years ago. And now prices have come down and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's become more and more mainstream, which is great to see. Uh, But also excited for AR, VR, and AI and any other acronyms we can think of. Exactly. Um, All the A's. All the A's. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I think we're unfortunately out of time, but we will have you back on for sure. This has been uh, very insightful. And uh, thank Thank you for sharing your experiences and uh, sharing your insights on Uh, your past, present, and uh, the future of uh, e-learning. So that's what we're doing here every week. Uh, We're excited to keep bringing this to you. So thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us, Sabrina. And uh, take care out there and have a great day.